Welcome back to Too Much Dip. It's Monday. My name is David. I'm going to host today, if you guys will allow me to. And if you do choose to do that, thank you for allowing me to host. I am joined today in studio, live, to my right. I've got Dylan right here. Say hi. Hey, Davey. How are you? How are we doing, man? I'm uh, surprisingly doing really well, considering the weekend that was. I'm, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Okay. You know? the Look, all three of us could be down bad. We'll get to that in a minute. Hey, by the way, let me point out, Russell Wilson just posted a, a very cringy, like, I'm back video. It's bad. After missing, I don't know, three weeks. With the He was out like a month. What a dork this guy is. What an absolute, just nerdy, dorky twerp. Twerp, he says. <laughs> he's not a twerp. He's a, he's a good quarterback, but you know what I'm saying. He's a, he's a, what a dork. KJ, dork or twerp? Uh, twerping up in here. I uh, the Torp team. I'm glad that you're hosting. I I would ask the people uh, for consent as the king of consent, as as people you know know me by, uh, you know consent to most. If you host, I'll most. You know, isn't that uh, isn't that how that goes? So I'm going to host, Correct. and you are going to most. Dave's Correct. usually the one mosting. Well, not today. I will. Uh, let me tell you this. I will never never tell you to stop mosting or to not most. <laughs> do what you got to do, man. Never not mosting. Always be mosting. We got a lot to get to. We had quite the weekend in college football. We had quite the weekend in the NFL, guys. We had some combat sports. I had a big combat sports uh, Saturday night. I had dual screen. At one time, I had triple screen. I had phone, lappy, mm. and TV. Are you serious? Well, we had Mavs. Okay. So I had So I had Mavs. I had Canelo. I had UFC. Was Saturday the Celtics? Yes, it was. Okay. And it's not like we're going to talk NBA here, but that was, you know, game-winning three-point step back from Luka. Over uh, former Maverick, Josh great Josh Richardson. Okay. Yeah, it's not like he's hated. He's just underperformed. He, yeah, I don't know if his attitude, I think it was more toward Rick, Rick Carlisle, yeah. rather than the team. But I could be wrong about that. Um, but, yeah, that was sick. That, that got me out of my seat. I had to I had to temper my excitement due to the uh, sleeping baby, but man, Luca did it to him again a year ago. Did it to him. The um, amount of distance we've traversed, and not to pivot off of uh, Mavs talk, but that's all I have. Technology, I'm being able to Bluetooth audio from your TV without disturbing the rest of the household. Uh, it's 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 tremendous. I would highly recommend you know. Let's say you use some sort of streaming device, uh, you know, looks like a fruit of some sort, similar to the iPad I have here or my phone for your TV watching purposes. You can just Bluetooth that bad boy to your headphones. You can use it to your Raycons, for that matter. No spawn, but, you know, you can just pair that up straight up. Can you pair your wireless buds with the TV? Oh, yeah. I've never done that. I have. I did it one night, and I was like, this is really cool, and then I just stopped doing it. I don't know why. I did it after realizing that I'm – because usually what I'll do is I'll go to the YouTube TV app from my Xbox and then wear the headphones for my Xbox. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, uh, there's got to be a better way. These aren't always the most comfortable thing to watch like a three-hour event for. They get hot. Um, So, yeah, I know we're way off course, but that is how I will uh, consume my late-night sports. Considering I get the text at least every other night at about 1030 to turn it down. Oh, yeah. That's I it. should probably look into this. 
volume doesn't cross like two on that TV unless like <laughs> you know we're actually watching something. And then I'm a hundred percent closed caption boy anyway. Especially when uh since I'm I'm going back, I actually never watched the last season of Peaky Blinders. So I am uh, I am currently watching that, and there are some loud scenes. They're a loud bunch. Arthur's a loud fellow. There's some gunfire, gunplay. They're okay. popping them things. It, and I understand it. And I'll look down the at my are phone. Singing. I get it. <laughs> like, hey, turn that down just a little bit. I, I give it like the thumbs up. And I put it down like two two notches. <laughs> until the next, until the next uh, oh, action scene. I'm is. a complete D head. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, anything to report on the meat front? On the meat front, I will... Um, I'm happy to announce okay. that uh, after, I would say, three, four weeks of, of pretty strictly sticking to uh, not fully a pescatarian diet, but majority pescatarian items, mix in the occasional Impossible Burger here or there and some chicken every now and again, uh, your boy is uh, stepping back into the arena for his pre-Thanksgiving prep. So Man in the arena. I, uh, I've got the tripod ready. I'm going to move it out of uh, away from the swing in the bedroom, and I'll set it up outside Okay. see if we can't get some tent out what, of it. What's this guy's problem, man? I don't know. The problem with me is that I always forget that, like, between Monday and the next Monday, and I'll inevitably hear from, like, a family member or someone in a position that I should not be saying what I say on this podcast, and oh. I forget that they watch. Like, I just gave a shout-out to my 18-year-old sister-in-law oh. last week. Then you went to, and then it was followed up by like her mom saying, "Oh, you know which episode? I'll 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 share it with her." And I'm like, "Oh man, I oh, wish you one, wouldn't have one told the, me." One with the sex swing and the with the tripod. <laughs> I, I just one. said, "Hey, I just said swing. I've got kids. It could have been yeah. a baby swing." I wish you didn't tell me that because now I'm not gonna I'm gonna holster the joke I wanted to make. So. No, let them let that totally fly. In college, Dylan was on a pescatarian diet. <laughs> that is not accurate, David. Oh man, a pescatarian diet. <laughs> Nothing but friskus. <laughs> That's very, very, very uncouth. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I am, I too, am going to be getting back into the game. I don't know if you heard my Dave's barbecue minute. I, you know, it's, it's hard to find good barbecue around these parts if you like, if, unless you plan ahead, like weeks okay. in advance. So I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna make it myself. I brought home some brisket, some Valentinas, and Alyssa loved it. She's like, she's like, so she basically said. How how do you what do we need to do to make you have the ability to make brisket like this? Is essentially what she said. Wow. And I was like Yikes. and and look, I completely understand. And you had where was it from? Valentina's. Okay. Like they have a I was like, well, you have to realize I'm not a pit master. I just play one on TV. <laughs> um I've done a brisket. Damn. Yeah. Um it'll get better. She liked my brisket, but Come to find out, the professionals do a better job than uh, the casuals like myself. You can get there. She liked the meat. Did she like the brisket? I feel like there's a difference there. Like, you know, you you, you come home, you make a meal, they'll be like, I'm happy with the meat. But I wasn't thinking about the brisket, I feel like. I think she just, I think she liked it because I got the mixed. So you had the dry, you had the moist, and you had the somewhere in between. You know I'm a moist boy. Oh, man. Get a hang of this show. Um, no, I'm being serious. And she, I will eat the fatty cuts where she – and I normally that's what I get, but I got her some of the more lean ones. Like what is even the equivalent of this like for you to ask, you know, your spouse in return like if they were to do their own nails versus going and getting a manicure? Like, you know, I, I mean, 
it looks like uh, why can't you do it like this? There's a number of ways we could go with this, uh, none of which I'm comfortable. The almond tip. You can't do this at home? Almond tip. What is the almond tip? I don't know, something that's on TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Randy probably knows. I have no idea. He doesn't know. Guys, it was upset season. College football, it got here soon enough. It comes for everyone. Yeah, we're a couple months in at this point. <laughs> the Purdue spoiler makers do it again. Dropping Michigan State, the Spartans. The fifth-ranked Spartans, correct? Third. Third-ranked. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, I'll be frank. I listened to coverage of pretty much all of the games, you know, and whatever, college football Saturday and then NFL Sunday while I was out doing work around the house all weekend. So I was dialed in, like, knowing things were going on, but I didn't see, like, games unfold. And when hearing this – upset come down the pipeline it's it feels like a lot more of an underwhelming like upset week and we had let's see we've got three that we'll talk about and then additional three that were ranked teams that lost unranked teams none of the teams that were upset unless i'm missing a glaring one um had a legitimate shot or seemed like I guess Michigan State had a shot they they had no i mean like on paper they all had a shot right i well mm shot ish. I don't know what wake for whatever. Yeah. But um I don't think anyone was thinking like oh Michigan State like is actually right, right. a top 4 team. I I wasn't. Um I think Michigan was the first ranked or team with a winning record they had beat. Um Correct. it was a good win. I don't Michigan State's definitely a, a worthy team, but I did you know. Baylor the Baylor one hurts because you know people when when a team you're going to play your rival, mm-hmm. loses their coach. Their coach of like 20 years, Gary Patterson, noted Texas country artist, Dylan. Are you familiar with his song? I'm, I'm familiar with his catalog, yes. Um, they unceremoniously part ways with him. He, they said, hey, why don't you stay on through the end of the year? They gave him that whole deal. We talked about this. And he's like, yeah, you know, how about I just quit now? And then you hear that Gary is game planning with his with Jerry Kill, the interim coach, and, and the OC. and um, You're like, man – this is like an emotional game. It could go. It could either be a, a, a bloodbath for Baylor or TCU comes to play and they play their ass off, I guess, for – I don't know what they were playing for. They probably weren't. They probably didn't like Gary Patterson, from what I understand. I mean, there's been player revolts there before. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but they came out and they beat Baylor in what was one of the most unwatchable games as far as penalties. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, every third play – there was a flag in the first half, and it was the word. It was like the, they were. I've never heard uh, commentators go at an, offici- an officiating team quite like they did. They were very critical, and rightfully so. And Baylor just didn't look good. They had a chance at the end to uh, go down and kick a field goal down two. And Gary Bohannon, who's been good this year, throws a, a really, really bad pick. Baylor quarterback. Baylor quarterback, and that's it. And so Baylor's out of it. Not that. You know, they've got OU this weekend. Uh, heard some arguments that this actually gives Baylor a better chance against OU. My take is they don't. They never had a chance against OU. OU, uh, it's it, in Waco. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's in Waco, but I think OU, at some point they have to turn it on, and now that it's – well, where were they at? They were ranked eight at eight? Yeah, I believe so. Um, uh-oh. 
Oh, that was a that was a bad sneeze. Oh, I knew it was gonna be off mic. Let I was it like, fly, man. You're dead you know, now. You that, gotta let... That's how I sneeze. It'll end up like my eye out water because of it. Roach Any thinks out. it's hilarious when Let's we sneeze. By the way, my son. Sorry, it's funny. He's like he just giggles. Um, allergies were coming up, and I'm like, uh oh. Either I'm gonna be crying the rest of the episode, which is already happening, or I'm just gonna have to get the sneeze out of there. So. Are you crying because? I'm just sad for the departure of Josh uh, Moore. Gary Patterson, I feel like. And well, pull one out for Gary. He'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, he will not be going to Texas Tech. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, yeah, so anyway, that sucks for Baylor. I mean, that's a good – TCU, I, you might go to a bowl game. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I know this is mean. I, this sounds like I'm salty, which I am. But this is a big win for them to upset, you yeah. know, to, to have that. because they, they rush the field. They rush the field, which seems they unnecessary and kind of hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. Um, Wake Forest loses to UNC, as I predicted. I mean, I predicted it. Okay, uh, I, I looked I, at the tape. I didn't talk I'm to Dan. Fairly sure North Carolina was favored. So they were favored. They were laying two, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they were laying two. You didn't really go out on a limb here. That was a real Dylan-esque big boy stack of you. No offense. Um, Damn, dude. It's not even a good joke. We just went over the big boy stacks, and he and I have the exact same hit number of hits on just the year. three on the year. Um. Uh, the North Carolina game, if anything, I guess I wasn't paying attention to how much these two offenses were scoring and how bad their defenses were. As you mentioned, a lot of the teams that were either undefeated or lost this weekend, a lot of people weren't expecting to continue this like run of being undefeated. So um, I hate it for the ACC just because it continues the narrative of there are no other good conferences out there, or there's which you know implies there's not other good football. So, you know, is what it is. I haven't kept up with Sam Howell on how you know his development's been uh, since the beginning of the year. So who knows if he's still on pace to be They're top now, two or top three? What are they? Five and four now? I believe so. I don't watching that offense and like how have you lost four games? It's I mean I don't have any. I mean he came in with all the hype. They've had a lot of lower scoring games, I thought, earlier in the season. I, I, I could be wrong. I'm just going off the top of my head. But I feel like we checked in with them week two, week three, because they started against Vautech, lost that game. And that was a fairly, like, maybe they scored 20-something points. He didn't look that great in that game. And then they lost again in, like, week two or week or week three or four. And I kind of wrote them off since then. So, you know, shouts to Mac and Sally. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, Mississippi State, Fresno State, and Minnesota all lose to unranked teams. Uh, I would say the only – I mean, the most disappointing one of those three to me would be the fact that Minnesota has had a top-10 ranked defense throughout this year. Um, whether or not you like P.J. Fleck or really care about, I don't know, was it the legends or the leaders or the legacies of the Big Ten, whatever the western side of the Big Ten is, um, uh, that hasn't mattered much to me. But the fact that they run out there and get stomped like they did, um, it, it just, again, we, we continue down this path of, like, whoever comes out of the Big Ten is not going to be tested in their championship game um, now that you've lost that game. I guess Iowa's still out there, but whatever. Um, then we got Alabama-LSU, which, on paper. Bama was favored by 28, 28 and, a and a half. I thought they were going to put it on them, too. We all picked Bama. Yeah, all I four of us. Did we? LSU. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You did pick LSU. What was the final? Uh, I think Bama won by like three or seven. I think it was six. It's close. It was. Sheesh. It was within reach. Um, early on, LSU 
had the lead and they went up maybe by seven by ten, I want to say early. Um, so it could have been a you know a bigger upset. And this was in uh, Baton Rouge, right? No, I think this is in Tuscaloosa. Oh, even worse. Yeah, I, this was weird. I'm, man. I'm exposing my ignorance. You can't just yeah, you don't get as KJ much hates the SEC. Clearly, I picked Bama to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, after this happening, and then seeing that Georgia put what forty something on Missouri, and won with ease, and looking back at Georgia's schedule, the fact that they only beat Clemson by seven. Or, you know, by seven. They scored a defensive touchdown, and that was a 10-3 game. The rest of the year, they've been rolling on people all year long. Like, I don't know if you should give Clemson credit to that, or it's just ridiculous how good their team is. And this was after losing their starting linebacker, who was going to probably be a day-one draft pick uh, due to some rape allegations. So, you know, that machine continues to roll on. Oh, what? what's the story with him? I do not know, but I tend to kind of – let these things play out before you speculate. Correct. Smart guy. <laughs> Stay out of the fray there. Um, did you guys see the uh, the Liberty tweet? I mean, sorry, the Ole Miss. I did not. No, Explain this here. I, I saw the headline that uh, they apologized later, which, you know, I'm team anti-apology. But whatever. Um, it's – if you – okay, so Ole Miss obviously beats Liberty. You got the whole Lane Kiffin, uh, Hugh Freeze. Uh, connection. If you have complaints about this result, send it to lufootball at liberty.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. And they add, this is from the Ole Miss football account. They have since deleted it and I guess apologized. Um, I think this is in reference to the Hugh Freeze tweet. If you have facts about a violation, send it to compliance at olemiss.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. This, of course, uh, referring to the, uh, the scandal at Ole Miss um, that Hugh Freeze was at the top four. So they were they were parodying that. Gotcha. Um, which seems a little unnecessary. Is there a lot of bad blood there between Freeze and Ole Miss? Like, I mean, if I'm Ole Miss, I'm pissed off. I mean – you knew that it was happening. You probably allowed it to happen, but you look at him as a reason why you built a program, put in the resources to build a program to compete with anybody in the SEC, and they still are. And he essentially put it all at risk over, like, calling from the company phone strippers on a multiple occasions amongst <laughs> many other violations. So, like, you could look at him as, like, the one that cost you, you know, everything that you'd built. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, they've since apologized. They regret the error. No. Whatever it's, I, I I don't feel bad for Ole Miss, um, because I think that they're equipped with what's probably a top two or three quarterback in the nation, all of the other resources you could ask for as an SEC team, and you screw around and you know lose to teams like Auburn, which Auburn's been competitive of late. Bo Nix turned it around, but without them losing that game, the Brett Merriman dream of them being in the playoff was a real possibility. I hate that, that for Brett. That Hugh Freeze tweet originally was from from 2013. Right, that's when he was getting fired from Ole Miss. Right, I'm just right? saying, like to to you know dredge that back up after all this time is a weird move. People don't forget. Well, shout out to Liberty for <laughs> if their any ascension into the conference USA or Sun Belt or some shit. If any if any sport 
if any sport social media manager fandom is going to dredge up an old ass tweet to reference, <laughs> it's college football. That's true. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't like printed on a game day sign. Uh, Dan Mullen still got a job, huh? <clears throat> yeah, not only that, but he's able to fire his DCs. Like, I don't know. I, I got into it with some of our uh, great people in the Discord. If you need a link to the Discord, check my Twitter profile at KJ Ellis with ones as the L's. But got into it with some people in the Discord, one who notably loves Georgia, so understandably hates uh, Dan Mullen and hates Florida. But I just couldn't get over the fact that everyone was just heaping so much dirt on Florida's grave and on Dan Mullen and saying, like, he hasn't done shit. He's been underperforming, which he has by SEC standards. But he's finished. He's had recruitment classes finishing in the top nine, top 11, top 14, like the last three or four years. Does that sound familiar? Not great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I equated it to Texas. I was like, Texas eh. has had similar results in recruitment. And I would take Florida's results on the field compared to Texas's over the last three to four or five years. And more importantly, maybe the number of athletes they've put in the NFL that could point back to the quality of program that they've built. And everyone's like, well, you know, it, in the SEC, they're still fifth in the SEC if they're ninth in the nation. And, and that's what they're being graded by. And I'm like, okay, but there's only going to be one number one. You know, and so on and so forth. So unless you're saying you cannot hold this job and be credited without being the number one or number two team in the nation, like, and you think that's not a unrealistic expectation, like, that's just stupid, especially not for it not to be coming from a Florida fan. The My Florida friends that I follow on the Twitter were, they are, I mean, I think I saw the word disgrace used, <laughs> just disgusted, revolting, not happy. It is not good, not good at all. Um, anything else on the SEC? No, man. No. Nope. There's no other football outside of that conference. We can talk Texas at some point if you guys want to. Shout out to AM for the dude, Bo Nix looked terrible. Yeah. He I, and I've been gassing him up. For that. Well, he he deserves the credit for keeping his job. We had the conversation after there were talks about TJ Finley taking his job like after week three or four. He's turned it around. Um he beat Ole Miss. Uh, this is true. I think that uh, A&M is a good question of if they're not running out their second, third, and sometimes maybe their fourth quarterback, you know, with one less loss, they are squarely in the conversation for, you know, being that next team up for the playoffs. So, shouts to Jimbo Fisher. They also just got the commit for the number one recruit in the nation for next year. A defensive lineman. I don't really love, Ugh. you know, heaping in that amount of attention uh, to these really? discussions. But yeah, mm. it was pointing up. I just saw Josh Moore transfer portal expected to end up at A and M. It's that the first part is true. Josh Moore, of course, a highly recruited wide receiver at Texas. Uh, good, not their best no, player. No. He was highly recruited. Was he? I mean, he's yeah. like, what is he a junior at this point? I mean, it's yeah. I thought he's a red shirt. Doesn't matter. I don't know. Either way, that, that, the least of my concerns. Yeah, we had a friend close close to the show who asked, asked me my my temperature on the Texas program after Josh uh, Joshua Moore entered the transfer portal, and I said it's the least of my concerns at this point. Yeah, I mean my my fears after the the very crushing OU loss have kind of uh, been realized, and it's that 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 loss is. Um, it's 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 still lingering. It's it's going to affect this team the rest of the season. It's this team's an absolute mess right now. Um, yeah, I, I didn't actually watch the game, which I tweeted about 
decided to go to dinner instead. I, I, I've become a fair weather Texas fan when they're <laughs> four and four. I don't, I don't, I don't need to, you know, put plans off in order to uh, to watch them play. Um, Do you guys see what what uh, Cliff Kingsbury said after the the Cardinals game? Unnecessary, kind of funny. No, I thought it was funny. It was yeah. harmless enough. It's funny. He's you know his of course Colt McCoy, former Longhorn, uh, played Looked pretty good. Well. Played pretty well. Cardinals won, and he said, "Well, at least some, along the lines of at least the Longhorns have something to uh, celebrate right now, which is fair." He game. can make that joke because he won so many games at Tech when he was a coach <laughs> in the Big Twelve with Patrick Mahomes. Might I add, he deserves credit for his OC work <laughs> or quarterback work at A and M as well. He gets he should get credit on both counts. And here's the thing, though I've I've, <laughs> I've seen some some Tech fans follow many of them Texas Tech on Twitter. Um, kind of piling on me, like, oh, yeah, that's our guy looking out for Texas Tech, whatever. I'm sitting here thinking, all right, so Texas is really bad, right? They're four and five. <laughs> They've only won four games this year. But one of those was a 70 to 35 beatdown of Texas Tech. Yikes. So maybe just be holstered that for a little bit, guys. Facts don't lie. Hey, I, I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, Dylan, you and I both are in the same bucket of we've got college football teams who just kind of. Say fuck it when it comes to like November onward. Yeah, I, uh, I, the team that the Texas team that played at OU, I still think that was a pretty good football team. Yeah, what happened to them? It just destroyed any any confidence they had left, and they they can't finish. This not that they ever. Do they have any know, offensive had, had, line injuries or any notable parts missing that or anything that's changed since then because it seems like a dramatically different team and yeah. if anything going against lesser com- competition like even when they got ran by arkansas i don't know i, I can't explain it yeah it's, it's it's really really disappointing though well, um quickly on the smu front um not that anyone out there cares enough to know but uh smu did lose their second game in a row i will not be entirely shocked if they make it four straight um, yeah, I made note on Thursday's show that SMU had a, uh, a run on their schedule of Houston, who was seven and one or six and one when we played, maybe seven and one. Memphis, who was a decent team, playing with their third quarterback for a couple games, and then UCF this week, and then Cincinnati, like bang, 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 all you know, back to back here. So I would have expected to win at best three out of four. You know, over the moon. You're talking big boy dreams. If you win four of them, splitting those games would be understandable. Going one and three hurts. Going on four is a realistic ex- a realistic outcome at this point. Um, they weren't out of this game like Houston. They started down seventeen nothing or twenty one nothing. Had to fight their way back in. Lost in the last part of the game against Memphis. They just did not have offense. In the first half, Memphis is a weird place to play. That entire city, aside from Beale Street, and I'm sure there are some other redeemable things. I've said it in the past, sucks. The stadium, even more so, sucks. The only thing that sucks as much as that stadium is the stadium in Rice. And I don't say that because of a friend of the show. I say it because they're both gray, oversized, hideous pieces of shit stadiums. Correct. So when you play a noon game in front of like, 10,000 people in a 50,000 person stadium attention spans just fucking fade into the ether. Yeah. The home team. They're like, all right, we'll run out here. We'll run up some points. And they were clicking early in the game. We were not, and we were in a position to win actually, or at very minimum tie. We had the ball with like 30 seconds left or something, basically down by three. And we threw a pick 
um, trying to be aggressive and go for the win. Uh, and instead of kicking a field goal, taking it to overtime. So it happens. Well, KJ, you don't have to worry about your coach going to Lubbock. That is true. Sonny Dykes, um, former Texas Tech assistant coach. Um, I would have probably bet if he were leaving SMU, that's where he were, was going. Agree. Um, now there's only one job open with his name tied to it. TCU. It's TCU. I still, I still can't see him doing it. Um, that being said, Tech got a name that was – it wasn't like a hot coaching name, but it's somebody that people knew. Like at some point this guy's going to get a nod – um, Joey McGuire, who's uh, you probably don't know him, um, but he was uh, he's been an assistant under Matt Rule and now Dave Aranda at Baylor. Um, very highly regarded. He's a Cedar Hill coach. For he's a while. Cedar Hill yeah. Longhorns coach. Fourteen um, years, which Cedar Hill was the three state championships. Yep. Powerhouse for a time. Two thousand six, two thousand thirteen, and fourteen. Um, Cedar Hill is a suburb of Dallas, south of Dallas, just next to Duncanville. I, I live in Desoto, directly to the west, like. 10 feet from my house turns into Duncanville. South of DeSoto is Cedar Hill. And Cedar Hill is probably equipped with some of the most, you know, attractive resources of bringing people in from outside of town. Like, they have a fuzzies. Cedar Hill kind of looks like, uh, recently closed, by the way. They moved to Duncanville or uh, DeSoto. Um, it kind of looks like the hill country as much as anything in Dallas does because you've got a lake nearby and then you actually have some elevation change. You get a little bit of limestone rock. Like, Cedar Hill's a really nice place. Um, Shout out Cedar Hill State Park. Cedar Hill State Park is there. But, you know, they kind of could have, should have won a state title in 2005 if it wasn't for somebody sitting in this room, but I won't go there. Wow. Um, so, shouts to jo Joey McGuire. And uh, we played him in 2005, and I believe we kept them from going to, I don't know. It, it, oh, some, hell yeah. Some, some significance. Were you just lay in the wood that game or what? what um, no, it was just a really shitty rainy game, and uh, I fingered a ball or I tipped a ball. What are you doing? Nobody says that. Finger tipped a ball. I'm sorry. You say F tipped. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. No, it, it's, it's, it is a very high school hero to really He's, but he's very respected in the high school circuit. He's helped recruits. I think it'll be big for him. It should be. You still have to recruit to Lubbock. Um, That's true. He was recruiting to Waco. Well, at least Waco's one one road to Dallas. Yeah, close to other shit. Like, Lubbock. and Chip and Joanna. Recruits love that. <laughs> it probably doesn't hurt. I, I honestly, if nothing else, when you have recruits outside of the Texas area, which is going to be his bread and butter, if you say Waco before that, there's a stigma – you know, stigma, not stigmatism. There's a stigma that goes along with saying Waco that's probably tied more to like David Koresh and uh, the Branch Davidians, Art Bryles. And now, like, the only people, you know, you know where Laurel, Mississippi is, you know, for the same reason you would know where Waco is. And it's just because of HGTV. So it probably doesn't hurt. I've always said that if Texas Tech and Baylor switch spots, Baylor would be Abilene Christian. It would be a nothing, no one would ever even question about it at all. And Texas Tech would be a powerhouse. There is school on I-35. Correct. Which is very, very beneficial. Um, They're conservative in, in religious ties and culture there. Probably hamstrings them a little bit. A little bit. Um, so I can see Joe McGuire having some gained success not having those boundaries. Yeah. And recruiting Dallas-Fort Worth's 
even more difficult now that at SMU you've got Reggie Samples working behind the scenes. Um, got that Duncanville pipeline. His coach is the dad at Duncanville. I don't want to get too into the weeds on that, but yeah, that's that's a good hire. Um, some of my tech friends weren't super stoked about it, and I get I get it. Unless you follow Baylor um, or high school football in Texas, then you're not familiar with Joey McGuire's work. But everybody wants a big name, big splash hire, get recruits excited and stuff. But there aren't many of those names that go around. What would be the tech equivalent of like an SEC team or an ACC or Big Ten? Like, I'm just trying to think like how much do people outside of Texas really give a shit about Texas Tech? Like, would this be a Virginia Tech level? You know, obviously they have Beamer in place for forever, but like, what level, what program out there would be the equivalent of like a mid tier to where we would actually give a shit of who they hired and what his ties are to the area? Uh, well, when uh, when our friend. Uh He's never been on the show, so I can't call him friend of the show. When when Big Cat from Barstool did his um, Twitch streams, we haven't had him on yet. We've not had have, have had him on. Brett can maybe line that up. No, he'll never do the show, but it'd be cool. Um, <laughs> when he did his Twitch streams, he was playing as Texas Tech, so he won like a natty, and they had like a countless number of bits going to this day because of it. That was like one of the biggest PR things for Texas Tech. I feel like because <laughs> like. Everybody, everybody knows it just associates tech like, oh, yeah, that's where Cliff and Mike Leach were. Yeah, maybe like, you get Crabtree. Crab, yeah. Like maybe the passing yards was a big thing, but even that's kind of faded. Now you think of Air Raid, like, you think of yeah. the Mike Leach offense. Um, so, yeah. I think Mike Leach when I think Texas Tech. Football. Me too. And Me putting too. up 55 a game and also giving up 55 a game. Yes. Yeah. I think a bus ride to the student center after. Never mind. Let's move on. Um, anything? Oh yeah, Cincinnati beats Tulsa. Doesn't look, doesn't truck Tulsa. Like they could have lost this game. This game was in peril in the fourth quarter. And when you are a team who has been shown blatant disrespect by the committee, you need style points. You need you need a you need a cover. I don't remember what that line was, but it was it tw- was that twenty eight? It was a big line because Tulsa's been really really bad. But Tulsa was had the ball and. Had a di- uh, goal line fumble, basically, like diving through the pile. Ball gets knocked out, and the review gave the recovery to Cincinnati, which would have made it 26-28 with a chance to tie it up. Um, yeah, it's not a good look for Cincy. I don't even know at this point, now that SMU's not necessarily relevant in that conversation, I don't even know if I was like rooting on them to win or not. I, I kind of want them just to, like UCF where it's like, I want the SEC kind of somebody needs to be good in our conference. Like, get us respect, get us respect. But, like, fuck it at this point. Like, you know, if you lose, whatever. I, I mean, how about they win and maybe their quarterback opts out so SMU can beat them? That would be great. That would be nice. Um, it, would, it was also nice that they did not blow that game the day that they had college game day at their campus. And celeb guest picker Nick Lachey. Oh. Ooh. I didn't realize that's where they were. Yeah. I, I did see the <laughs> David does a great job of updating us week to week on who's the guest he picker stays on up game on day. It. Yeah, you really. It really <laughs> well, they've been uh, they've been real hit or miss. I make a joke about it, but like I appreciate that as much as like Will's text about like, hey, this soccer thing is relevant, or this F one race is like notable. Tune in because I will like uh, wander back over to the TV just to check it out. So and Dave keeps us abreast on the. Uh, College game day celeb pickers. Yes. Which included Nick Lachey. I like Nick Lachey. He did he was good. Like he clearly keeps up with college football. He didn't just have a few talking points that somebody helped him out with. Him and uh, my I guess I, I didn't see him this week, but Eric Stone Street, 
of uh, Modern Family. Might be one of my b- favorite guest celebrity pickers. Oh, yeah? Um, Iowa Cam guy? from uh, yeah. Kansas State. Oh, that's right. Very that's similar. Right. You're Very, right. I, I, see, I see why the relation. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, correctly. But, yeah, like, I would say uh, probably one of the most consistent he shows up. And he just, like, like I said, knows his shit. Like, he could be hosting the show confidently. And I'm like, huh. Need more of that guy. That's all you want. You want somebody who, I don't care if you don't know football, just don't make it awkward and know how to deal with Lee and at least like how to, you know, when even though you can't understand what he's saying to you or the joke he's making, just kind of nod. Don't make it weird. That's all I ask for. Any more LeVar Arrington face mushing people on the way to the stage. I think that was on OutKick, but uh, one of any time you get like a guest picker like has to come in and show both their entrance. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's let's tone it down. Love that. Um, well, hey, good good sesh there. That was, a, that was a lot of college football we had to get through, and we got through it. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Miss anything? Sorry, I know we probably went deep on that. That's okay, because I'm going deep on Rothy's. All in. Big news in shoes. Big breaking news. Rothy's is now selling men's sneakers and men's driving loafers. But I've got bigger news. I've got double breaking news. They just launched premium merino wool shoes for the fall. Premium merino wool. I have seen these. I have not yet gotten my hands on them, but they look to be fairly dope. Merino wool is nature's perfect material, soft, comfortable, machine washable, and sustainable. My favorite sweaters are uh, merino wool, is so it, I have to imagine that like my favorite shoe is going to be merino wool it's as merino well. Merino wool season. Available in cool colors and classic styles you'll want to wear everywhere. We've been wearing them. We've talked about it before, how comfortable they are and how you don't have to like they don't have like a break-in period you put them on and you feel like you've had them for two years yeah and when you're done you can just throw them in the washer um not you know if you have smelly feet like some i'm not calling people out but they're easy they're my, very low maintenance i brought these sneaks are wildly comfortable and i'm not just saying that i i will look for them when i'm getting dressed uh just because they are so comfortable esquire says pick up a pair of rothy's men's shoes before they sell out how about that I kj will, i will tell you that my rothy's Basically dictated the rest of my wardrobe for the fall and the winter because I went with the olive colored uh, sneakers, tennis shoes, if you will. Good choice. And every time I'm getting dressed, I'm like, usually you'll finish with the shoes with the Rothies. You start there and you're like, okay, how do I build a fit around this? Because I'm I'm rocking the Rothies. Look at that. Forbes call Rothy's men's shoes a travel must-have. That's big news. To help you welcome fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special. That's right. They gave us a chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash bang. That's rothys.com slash bang, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash bang. Check it out. Find your favorites today. Kind of a boring day in the NFL. Nothing really of note happened. Just kind of everybody did their thing, what they were supposed to do, and we moved on. All had fun. You want to just skip the whole segment then? Yep. So anyway, Canelo. Not so fast. Oh, friends. he's jumping in. Uh, because they say no one circles the wagons quite like the Buffalo Bills. And as a uh, Western New York uh, noted celebrity from Western New York, uh, David, I have to ask. What happened to the Josh Allen from Buffalo when he met the Josh Allen from Jacksonville? Man, a lot of Josh Allen talk on the TL. So dumb. A lot. So dumb. To the point okay. to where I had to figure out who, what, what, what did I miss because I was not watching that game. <laughs> dumb, maybe, but the dude covered a fumble. Oh, yeah, he had a hell of a game. For sure. Interse- from Josh Allen, mm-hmm. intercepted Josh Allen, and sacked Josh and Allen. And hit him with the, the MJ I took that personally meme after. 
<laughs> like that's pretty sick. It is that's sick. sick. That's sick. No, that's cool. It's a cool story. Um, he's a fun young player to watch, by the way. He's young, right? Uh, three years, two years, three years in from okay. Kentucky. Um, but he's hung in there, and he's been, you know, he, his productivity and career progression allowed us to part ways with like Yannick Ngakwe, who somehow has kind of fizzled out as he left the Jags, but like it's been in Baltimore, has been in Vegas, but uh, the guy's a baller. Um. I was watching Red Zone. Scott Hansen was so hyped when this happened. They cut immediately to the game. He goes, folks, it happened. Just went crazy. <laughs> what, what happened? The Bills, um, the Bills came out of the gate real hot. They've kind of looked just okay the last few weeks. Um, I don't I, I don't know. I guess they ran into the Urban Meyer uh, redemption game. The buzzsaw that is got Urban smiling on the sideline. No one's talking about him anymore. There's been like six six bigger scandals uh, across got, all of football since that came out. Gruden got him off the hook there for sure. Um, that's cool, man. I'm happy. I don't know how Trevor Lawrence looked. Did he? Bad. He didn't. I, I nine six right? Like Bad. he couldn't have looked great. James Robinson, their starting running back, wasn't available. Uh, so Carlos Hyde was the running back. So just without that run game, as I kind of bitched and moaned about from the beginning of the year, the Jags aren't in a position to do to just drop back and just bomb it because they're already missing DJ Chark. So you've got uh, Chark Marvin week. Jones, and then you have uh, uh, wow, I'm drawing a blank on our other uh, wide receiver, uh, another wildly oh. LaVisca Chenault, uh, LaVisca Chenault from DeSoto, Texas in Colorado. Um, so they just don't have enough going on right now. I think Dan Arnold, the tight end they acquired uh, from the Panthers, was like their leading receiver. So, hey, whatever. Second win of the year over what was the number one team in the AFC prior to that. Um, probably the biggest upset of the day, but the second biggest, of course, Tennessee Titans winning without uh, Adrian without with Adrian Peterson without Derrick Henry. Dude, the Titans look. They the look defense looks legit. stacked. They I'm, they there was some there was some bull rushes like dudes getting embarrassed like I on the Rams O line like I was like dude that is you can't come back from that that's going to be a tough day on tape. Um, but yeah, I was going to say Cowboys. I mean, it doesn't matter. We can do. We'll get to the Cowboys in a minute. To, I was trying to save you on that. Uh, what was y'all's experience of this game? Because again, I listened. Well, sorry, I listened to the whole game. It was random. <laughs> um, I listened to the entire game, and then had to go back in and like and digest. Like, what the just happened? We talking about Cowboys? Yeah, just the kind of game where like I've had so much confidence in this offense all year. Like you see the score, and like okay, they're down seven, they're down. 10, 13, you're like, okay, at some point they're going to catch fire. Maybe you jumped on that live uh, money line like somebody. And turn the ship around, and it just didn't happen. It just absolutely did not happen. Um, Dak throws a late pick to former Longhorn great Caden Stearns with like nine minutes left. This was was a – It was like 23-0 at that point. Game's over. Um, Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And Can we talk about the pump block for a sec here? You had that. I mean, that was their. It was, I think at that time it was thirteen zero, um, coming out of this for the second half, and which was it would potentially a huge momentum swing if that had gone the way that everyone else thought it was supposed to go. And then what happened? Clarified. All right, so Cowboys block a punt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the punt advances beyond the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. It touches a Cowboys player. He's trying to run it back. He's trying. He's trying to. 
snatch it out of the air. It hits his hand, and then um, Melvin Gordon picks it up. Yes. So he muffed it after because it. It technically it's a muff punt, but he was correct. basically trying to recover a blocked punt that was just like spinning out of control near the line of scrimmage. Uh, they yeah. jump on it. Broncos jump on it. It's their ball. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it makes sense, but I, I guess I I haven't seen that happen uh, that many times. I've seen a situation where you'll see punts off the back of like an up back or something like that. Like it'll deflect off someone and it'll still advance past the line. Then the question is like, okay, because they touched it first, then the defense gets can muff it in that situation. And even if the kicking team recovers, like the receiving team would retain possession. Yeah. But in this situation – it was first touched by the Cowboys, it crosses was. the line, and then touched by the Cowboys again and not recovered. So, yeah. No, one, no one understood the rule except for the refs on the field. Like It, it, it was very confusing. As I a guess, guy who was on, yeah. punt, who was on punt, uh, punt return, um, <laughs> not the punt returner, uh, jo- but I've n- I did not know that. I yeah. did not know that that was a thing. It's a blocked punt that advances beyond line of scrimmage yeah. technically is still – Mm-hmm. It's punt. It's breaks like that. So they had a that was that was your bad break, and it went against the Cowboys. And like even when it was twenty twenty to zero or whatever it was, uh, I was like, man, they can they can still do this. And then it, it was just bizarre. It was thirty zero, and they've got Zeke and Dak in there in the la, in the fourth, and yeah. Zeke who had previously been questionable to return with a knee contusion. Who's having a great year? It's like, man, it's thirty to zero. I don't know if we need to be running uh, Dak, the guy who missed last week with a calf strain, and who, by the way, had his ankle shattered last year. Yeah, and Zeke. That's been a, a pretty big talking point this morning. Actually. And they pulled their receivers. You had Miles um, Turner, who I, not Miles Turner, who was the, the receiver yeah, that had two touchdowns, two garbage time touchdowns. I do understand wanting to like, okay, let's let's get something good on film to take into you know practice this week. It's been a terrible offensive game. Let's get some. Let's make something positive happen. Um, plus, Dak. Think about it. Obviously, he missed the majority of last season. He hasn't played in two weeks because they had a bye, and then he had the injury, the, the you know the strained calf. So reps wise, he hasn't had as much live game action as a lot of other guys have. So That's I understand true. wanting to get something good going during that very very shitty offensive game. The the annoying thing was they score so it's thirty to seven, and there's still there's like six minutes left or something. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. I'm sorry. Thirty to eight. Thirty to eight. Yeah, two point. And they just they don't try they don't even try to onside. They're like they're like yeah we're just, and so they're just doing it to do it. And not that I had any delusions of them coming back, but I'm like there's. Why go for two if you're not going for exactly? Yeah. There's a there's a world where they can where they. Recover multiple. I know the odds would be astronomically against them, but I don't know. It, the whole thing was weird, and then they scored again, and then they did decide to go for an onside kick when there's like a minute thirty left. It's just, it was annoying, and and defense looked like shit. Somebody, somebody from uh, some Houston Twitter guy, not even watching the Cowboy game, was talking about a game where Ryan Mallett. Uh, it was a Ryan Mallett Texans game, and Bill O'Brien left. Uh, they were down like thirty eight zero or something. And they left Adrian, uh, not Adrian, um, what's the dude? Arian Foster. Mm-hmm. Left him in, in like garbage time, in an unwinnable game, and blows his knee, I don't know, his ACL or something, and like pretty much derailed his entire career as a Texan. Um, and it's just, I, that's all I could think Started about. Started his career as a content creator, though. 
Uh, dude, check out his podcast. I don't know what I it's called. I haven't heard him in a while, but um, my takeaway from the game, you know, having listened to the game, checked in, seeing, went back and rewatched some of the highlights. Um, the run defense up the middle, I feel like it's been kind of uh, ignored. I feel like the Cowboys fans have gotten by ignoring some of their flaws based on losing to the Bucks, and I don't say this to rip the Cowboys as I have like unnecessarily throughout the season, uh, based on losing to the Bucks, beating the Chargers by a field goal, beating the Patriots in overtime, and then rolling some bad teams. And then I would say the Vikings game with Cooper Rush would be the one anomaly of like the team as a whole overproduced to make up for the lack of Dak Prescott's presence. Like whatever you want to take away from beating the Giants when they lost – their top five, you know, ball carriers, basically, um, 85% of their offense. I don't think you can take any, like, joy out of that. For the Eagles, who knows, because the Eagles have been way more competitive since then. Like, that's a game, yes. That game, the Vikings games, both big wins. Um, and and so I, I feel like the Cowboys have been good, but because they've been good, it's a fan base that's forgotten how to, like, win consciously. And, like, there were discussions Everywhere talking about Super Bowl. Not saying those aren't gone. You'd much rather have won the Vikings game 62. in the NFC versus losing, you know, uh, winning against the Broncos and losing to the Vikings. Like, that matters more that you won in the NFC for tiebreakers. But I, I'm, I'm definitely going to confidently say the Cowboys have, you know, teams like the Cardinals coming up. The Eagles are playing better. Um You've got the Raiders left on your schedule. They have to go to Arrowhead. You've got two to weeks. go to Kansas City, and who knows how that's going to look. Got Vegas at home on Thanksgiving. Um, there, are, I, I I confidently said last week I don't see them losing more than two games. Not like the Broncos are the one thing that changes that, but you know, uh, maybe some of the things I was saying earlier in the year might have more truth to them than just saying, well, "Hey, we're we're putting up four hundred yards and forty points every week. Get over the, it." The just the thing that they. The wheels got shot off right out of the, you know, when they went for it, fourth and one, couldn't get a yard. Then they went for it again and couldn't get, like, and I, I don't disagree with going for it on either yeah. of those, honestly. But the fact that you couldn't draw something up to get a yard, you lost the battle on the line, um, both sides, by the way. Right. They get Teddy Bridgewater looked, I mean, Bridgewater's a good quarterback. He looked, he was sick, man. Props to him. He was really good. He put the ball where he needed it. And, and I think a lot of that was because they set it up with the run. That's the thing that I would be most concerned about is you just let a team with miss that was missing two starting linemen run the hell out of the ball. And they lost another lineman on top of that during the game and lost their starting cornerback during the game. Yeah. They had like five mid-game injuries. Yeah. They've got guys coming back. Marcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore coming back. So, I mean, they've got reinforcements, but it's it's it was not good. And, and the Falcons – Falcons, they can put up points. That's another weird team. That's man. not going to be. That is not going to be. I don't know what that line opened up at, but man, is this in the Butthole Stadium? <laughs> no, this is here, isn't it? It's in Cowboys. Okay, then you're better off. Yeah. Who knows what happens in the rectum? Well, you remember the last the Falcons and Cowboys played last year. We had the uh, the infamous wa the watermelon <laughs> kick. <laughs> is that what the that was the Falcons game? With the that was Falcons last year. Yeah. Was it eighteen? The butthole points, stadium. Eighteen point swing. It's still the funniest gif. It uh, is a butthole stadium online. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Saints. One thing that was getting overplayed on uh, 
the broadcast I was listening to is the Saints, Trevor Simeon struggled. Obviously, you're without Jameis for the remainder of the year. I don't know if you all saw the headline or any chatter about this, but one Philip Rivers made the comment that uh, he didn't want anything to interrupt his high school football season. He was a coach in Southern Alabama uh, to interrupt their season, but now that season is over. And basically, was like, I mean, I'm ready if they need me. Um, I missed this. Like, okay. Are, are, okay. Why I, I not? feel like it would work. Or get that guy out of the booth, get, get Drew Brees back in there. I feel like that could work. I'm if I'm if either of those things happen and I'm Cam Newton, I'm spending the next six months like in media training and just trying to get on TV because it's clear you're not playing in the NFL. Yeah. Even though I mean whether or not I agree with it, but I'm saying at that point you just gotta I think a good enough team with a Phillip Rivers or a Drew Brees to like make a serious run. They're a borderline think? playoff team with with a I think with because they have no Mike, Michael Thomas team. is not coming back. Yeah, that's a nightmare. Um, they still have Kamara. What do you have? NFC South. So the Panthers have s the bed. The Falcons are no good. I guess you have the Bucks to compete with. You're a and wild card team. Bucks. So you have a shot at winning your division. Realistically speaking, um, I guess that's really the the only way they look at it. Is like, are we a Philip Rivers away from? Beating the Bucks twice and winning our division. They're clearly not. Right? I, I don't know. I, I don't Alvin Kamara. Rivers has never been that guy. Kamara's playing well. Their receivers are okay. They're not good. They don't have any stars. Um, and their defense is all right. So I don't know. I they've they're good enough coach. Like it's where I wouldn't roll them out, I guess. Um Did you guys see where they stuck Jordan Love's wife? Or girlfriend and and mom at Arrowhead. They showed it like ten yeah, times. Yeah, what? How? There's no way that's the the regular like visiting family that, section, is it? There's there's had to, something had to have gotten mixed up. That is so. There's no way that they would do something so bush league to put them on the in the worst seat in the house. You got to think it's on like he personally just did not get involved to like figure that out for them. You know what I mean? So he just like hopped on StubHub and. Dude, this is on the Packers uh, PR team or what? Whoever handles like family tickets, because there's somebody, and there's no way, there's no way, because we would know about it if that was like what they did. It it, it reminds well, me of the uh, what's the dude? The uh, who's the AD at Texas? Del Conte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, his Chris move Del of Conte. sticking the band, sticking the band in the worst section, like way up there yeah. in the nosebleeds. Yeah. Um, does that shit you know, it, it may have been good that she didn't have a great view of the game because her son played absolutely terribly. You know, he wasn't good, but had him right there. They had a chance. Well, he didn't have him right there. <laughs> Did they not have a chance to win? had him right there. They covered. That's all I care Covered. He threw a touchdown somehow late yeah. in the game. It was a great throw. Good L- ball. Lazard made that play. But my goodness. Oh, they just – who's the – the safety for Kansas City, Sorensen, is that his name? Oh, yeah. He's Sorenson. just been getting just clowned all season long. He looked like a fool on that play. But I don't know if you guys watched this game. Jordan Love looked really terrible. Yeah, it was. he looked like a guy who was making his first start. It's like they pulled somebody out of the stands. How long has he been sitting behind Rodgers? Two years? Two or three? That's what I was struggling with because it's Trey to... Lance this year. Jordan Love was last year, so there's no excuse for third him to be season. this bad. I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how much slack should I cut? The guy? It's his first start, so okay. On but, too. but 
Yeah, that's true. He he had to have come into the season not knowing if he was going to be the guy or not. Like knowing that he could have had because we didn't know what Rodgers was going to do. No coaching change. No, like he's been in the room with the same people for a year and a half. Yeah, playing against a team that had the worst ranked defense. Granted, you are on the road. Granted, it is short notice. Um, and maybe due to some protocols, if you have some unvaccinated players in the room, that maybe their quarterback meetings are held differently. What if they're immunized? And, and maybe if you only have immunized players, or maybe he's not vaccinated. Hell if I know. But HIPAA, it's HIPAA, don't ask. I don't know how they're doing their meetings or how much he's getting exposed to versus like traditionally if you've got four guys in the room seeing and hearing all of the same shit every day. But that was bad. When, <laughs> when the Chiefs figured out that he just flat out couldn't throw the football, they started blitzing every single play. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You have one-on-one with every receiver right now because we are going to bring the house on every single play, and he still just could not hit anybody. It was really bad. Um, it was Chiefs escape. Chiefs are 5-4. and four. Their offense, they put up 13 on Green Bay with all the opportunities because their defense was just giving the ball back every possession. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. They'll they'll find it in two weeks when Dallas is up there, and they'll put up 48 on them. It's going to happen at some point. I guess uh, I think we keep assuming because they're a machine that they don't need a second or third receiver to produce or that they don't need a running back that's of any quality, uh, any uh, any quality uh, uh, of any use, and that they can just use any offensive lineman. So I, I feel like they're finding out the hard way that reloading parts in that system is just not as easy as it, as it should be. Much has been made about Mahomes like not seeing the field, like missing wide open guys, and and take instead of taking, you know, the dump off pass that is going to get them twelve fifteen yards. He's he's throwing it forty yards downfield yeah. in the traffic. If he's out of regress of regression this year, so be it. I still don't think it's like the cause for like discussion about him to be like, oh, they figured him out. He's a bum now. He's useless. Like, no, I think most quarterbacks have that. Like, even if they miss the playoffs, you're sitting here talking about a guy who's been to the Super Bowl two years in a row and won one. Yeah. Like, okay. A guy who's not been in the Super Bowl, Sam Darnold, um, looked really, really bad. I feel bad for the guy, but he is not it. They would be better off with Cam. Um, The shine on on, uh, Matt Rule's. Not looking good. It's coming off. Well, I mean, who do you fault in this more? You've got Darnold, you've got Rule, and you've got Joe Brady, who was everybody's pick to be a head coach a week into this season and last year, for that matter, um, and still rumored to be like a part of the conversation for LSU. Like, yeah. Who, who, I, who gets the blame there? I don't know. I mean, I think all of the above. Um, because Darnold was bad in the, with the Jets, you, you give him forgiveness here, and you give the McCa- you get the McCaffrey injury. Yeah, but yeah, McCaffrey's like a top five player, right? But losing him for that period of time, like it shouldn't it shouldn't completely derail your t- your season. Um, and you've got Chuba Hubbard, who's not Christian McCaffrey, but I think is competent. I haven't I don't know what his numbers look like, but. I mean, he's enough to be a running back that that you shouldn't completely fall apart with. Um, I did see Matt Rule basically say it comes down to the fact that we're just going out there and throwing the ball all over the place and just not caring about the ball. Like, he did as much as he could to defend his quarterback, and he's like, at the end of the day, we gave the ball up in situations where we absolutely didn't need to. So, that didn't look good. couple notes, OBJ released. 
Does that make you? Uh, does that get you a little sports horny? See where I he guess might I'm more end curi- up. Yeah, that's. I guess I'm more curious to know where you think he might go. Um, today's the first day that he he can be picked up from waivers, right? I think it's like do waivers start right now? Is that what it I is? Th- I think I think it's today. I I don't understand why he is not good anymore. I believe he is, that he was injured last year. He was injured, and I think. Um, I, I've got sources telling me that there was some behind the scenes stuff in Cleveland with him and Baker. Um, when you're talking, we knew it was contentious, but I think there might've been an altercation. When you're talking just like pure skill athleticism, he's as good as anybody there is. Yeah. He just, his, the last it, four years of his career have just been like kind of mind blowing for me. When someone has that talent and then like, this is a trajectory their career takes at some point you have to be like, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's me. Yeah. I mean. The numbers have proved that uh, that offense is much better when he's not on the field. <laughs> the Browns looked great yesterday. Yeah, like against the Bengals. It's, it's a bizarre, like a case very important me. divisional game. They looked great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he'll land. It won't be. It won't be with the Raiders. Apparently, Deshaun Jackson will be signing with the Raiders. Yeah, I don't think we talked about or gave much room to the Henry Rugg story. There's not much to be said about terrible, tragic, sad story all oh around. Oh gosh. Um. Happy to see Deshaun Jackson still getting a check out of it, though. Um, it's Dude. very crazy to see him, Colt McCoy. I guess AP is even older. but like 36. Getting to that age where it's like, okay, any of the players like in my graduating class and or like, you know, year like Deshaun Jackson, Colt McCoy, both being two of them, Chase Daniels still in the league, I'm like, all right, at least now I can feel like uh, it'd be okay to age out of this bitch. <laughs> uh, different position, but he. why do I just get Darren Sproles vibes? Like I feel like Sproles was like in the was he not in the they league forever? The team, yeah, they were on the same team. Oh uh, yeah, he had like eight years. That up dude there. had a career. It felt really. like it, dude. He was on. I think he's uh, underrated. I don't think he gets the props he deserves. Uh, maybe he'll show up in a troller fight sometime soon. Very cool. Um, oh, speaking of that, anything else on the football? We can party. And- I guess how to what degree, if any, do we want to talk about the pivot from saying that you're immunized <laughs> preseason to being ruled out for being positive and then taking the approach that he did Aaron Rodgers obviously I'm speaking of and completely flaming it as some sort of cancel culture targeting discussion he clearly he knew he used all of the buzzwords to try to piss people off he knew exactly what he was doing uh of course talking about that McAfee uh interview anytime you talk about the woke mob and cancel culture like for for me, it's like a punch out. It's like, dude, can we can we get past? He like, looks pretty insufferable right now. That I'll, I'll say. He's it. just trying to poke the bear when all he had to say was, if he really is allergic to the mRNA, one of the ingredients in it, he's like, I was allergic to that. And then his Johnson and Johnson explanation actually wasn't that bad. It was like, okay, I mean, look, disagree, whatever, but you don't sound like a complete insufferable asshole, and we're not going to hold it against you and that you had. But he had to poke the, you know, cancel culture, and he. It was an intentional omission Correct. when he said, I'm immunized. And this is on the media for not following up. Somebody should have followed well, up. Like, what does that mean? I believe when he asked, he said, have you gotten the vac- You know, the vaccine? He said, yeah, I'm he immunized. Said, yes, I'm immunized. He not goes, like, I'm immunized. But I take it up as he said, yeah, I'm immunized. And then I've seen so, some of the discussion around the league. Like, he continued right on. Exactly. At best, he, at best he, mis- he misled. He misled. NFL, it was, it was an intentional omission. Um, you know, he went on. It's He... He knows what he's doing. I think this. 
I really think this might be his last year. Um, he he. It's just like to say to do the Joe Rogan thing, where it's like, yeah, I talked to my now good friend Joe Rogan. He knows he knew that there are people. He talking. knows that there's gonna get that's gonna piss a lot of people off. Um, and he's been doing a radio show in Wisconsin for six, seven, eight years. Not just even like a a weekly five minute hit. He's been doing like I believe like a twenty minute show. That's when you get the relax comment last year when they lost the game or two early in the season and they went off and you know make it to an NFC oh, championship yeah. game. Like he's got a media presence already. He's already involved in that side of the world. We know that. I mean, I know we're not here to have this discussion. We're probably way over time and we're certainly didn't have this on the rundown to talk about. Like I'm not here to rehash a discussion we've had many times in the past. I think that there is a few different examples from high level athletes, Kyrie being on one end you could probably even like throw in Kirk Cousins on another end where you have examples of you're entitled to your decision. You're entitled to own the repercussions of said decision. I think the irritation I get out of this Aaron Rodgers situation is he's trying to have it both ways, you know, and, and then blaming the exterior context, like the results of the repercussions of how he handled it on everybody else instead of himself. And I'm like, her cousins had no issue in just being like, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going with. Parted ways with any uh, sponsors or whatever uh, back in Michigan. Owned it, moved on, and by all means is doing what he wanted to, wants to do, professionally and personally. That's your power. Kyrie Irving, again, he's owned it. He said it. He happens to play in a state that feels differently, so he can't play. But if he was in Miami, like he'd be playing and would move on. That's his, that's his prerogative. But for Aaron Rodgers to take this, again, the approach we've talked about, mislead, and then flip it and say, before you put the nail in my cancel culture coffin, I'm like, how of anybody in the room do you have to feel like that you're targeted for canceling? Yeah, he like, victimized himself when it was just super unnecessary. Like you're the, you know, you're all over every commercial break at State Farm. You were up for, like, uh, the host of one of the most syndicated watch shows, like, in our nation's history over the last 50 years. You're leading a most storied program for football, like, and and you're all of a sudden a target of cancellation. I'm like, come on, man. You can't play the victim and, like, the hero at the same time. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. So, anyways. It's. I'm out on Rodgers, especially across the board. He could play next week. Give me Jordan. Oh, yeah, Jordan. History looking kindly upon the uh, <laughs> J. Raj and JoJo tandems. Jeez, yeah, like I, I get it from his family at this point, you know. Well, yeah, I'd love. To, oh man, we'll never like, know. Between I guess this we'll never and know. the Pat Mahomes, like his Aaron Rodgers family is really looking great the last two or three weeks. <laughs> Guys, on that note, can we party? Please, let's party. Let's party. Yeah, this is party. This is the segment in which we party. Right. This will have a. This will be a, a Rolling Stone street fighting man G Seven style party <laughs> heavy combat sports I appreciate that. you hit g8 um maybe on their team we <laughs> so we had uh we had a lot of stuff going on we had canelo caleb plant and at the same time we had ufc 268 uh guys i was watching them both at the same damn time we'll get to canelo first uh ko's caleb plant in round 11 becomes the undisputed super middleweight Champion of the world. Uh, nobody can fuck with this guy. It's I don't. I did not have any delusions of Caleb Plant having a chance, but Caleb Plant is skilled enough to where I think he could 
win some rounds early. You know, against guys like Canelo, who who maybe start a little slow, you can do that, right? Um, he did. He won maybe a few. I haven't seen what the cards look like, but Canelo just he waits, he picks his spots, and when he lands, he lands big. He's a power puncher. He hits hard, and he can take a punch. I, I don't know. I mean, like the uh, you know the best. Obviously, Floyd beat him when he was 23. Mm-hmm. Floyd was 36. And Triple G. It's wild to consider. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Uh, we never got to see him. Like, I'd love to see this Canelo fight Prime Floyd. Can't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Canelo next. People uh, people are speculating about one of the Charlo brothers. Um, or maybe, like, people want Andre Ward to come out of retirement. No. Which I don't think he's going to. It's The recap I heard. Describe Canelo as a puncher uh, rather than a boxer. Not that he's not a boxer, but, a, you know, he's a puncher. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess Caleb Plant is also a puncher, but they were saying that basically it was as if Caleb Plant watched that Mayweather fight a million times and tried to do everything that Mayweather did, which, as we all know, is to not get hit. Yeah. You know, make himself skinny, reduce the amount of, you know, target area that Canelo could engage with. And, essentially make Canelo, you know, not try to punch himself out because nobody really suspects that to be an option, but try to win on points and then take your shots where you can get them. And apparently it worked until it didn't. And I guess somewhere around the ninth or 10th round, Canelo's corner was like, you're going to have to go get him. Like you've got to, you walked him down. You've got to go. You've got to take the fight to him. And dude's a bad dude. He's Um, a bad dude. Caleb, that's the plan. You got to, you keep him off you with the jab, and he did that. But it just, it Canelo's unfazed, man. It's it's insane. And you know, I'd love to see Prime Triple G versus Canelo. We unfortunately didn't see that, and when we did see them fight the first time, Triple G definitely won. Um, wasn't given that decision, split decision, whatever. Um, I guess we'll never know. But to the UFC. We had the uh, Arlington Zone, Kamaru Usman, defending his welterweight title over Colby Covington, the rematch. Awesome fight. Awesome fight. Col- props to Colby. He was game. Um, he wa- he wobbled uh, Kamara mm-hmm. uh, a couple times. And he lo- it, was, it was a much, I think, it, the first fight was good. I think this was a better fight. And, um, yeah, no one's, Usman's that dude. Usman. Probably the welterweight king of all time. The scores that Usman won this by as a unanimous decision, like had this come out as a split decision, I would be like, yeah, I can see it. Um, but again, it's not like I'm closely scoring each punch and each, you know, they know better than me. I'm not disagreeing with the outcome. Watching every single round of this fight and very aggressively rooting for Usman in this fight, the entire time I was like, oh shit, Covington's hanging in there. Oh shit. Like even with the size discrepancy and the strength discrepancy, like, it wasn't even like, oh, he's hanging in there and hanging tough. Like, it was a well balanced fight. And there was one point where Colby Covington probably, maybe it was a th- third, maybe 15, 20 seconds left in a third. I thought it was done. Um, I don't know if it's kick or what, but Usman lands a pretty heavy uh, blow. Bloodies Covington. He staggers him. And Usman goes for the takedown and goes for the finish. And kind of gets caught in a weird position. I think Covington like turned over so they did, couldn't get full mount right as time was ticking up. And like it was uh, you know, savvy on his part to be completely weary or you know, like 
out of it and to be able to kind of still keep your guard on your back at that. Like, it, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Usman's still never been taken down in a fight, which is a pretty insane stat. Has he had any exhibitions with Micah? He's not. Okay. We'll see if Micah will take his back one day. Um, yeah, Colby, of course, is the guy. His he's his his whole bit. Um, he's like he was the huge Trump guy. He's just con you know, he's real total wrestling heel. And Rogan and 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 the other commentator, DC, they'll tell you like that's not how he really is. He's just doing it and which is kind of weird, and, and like, cause he, cause Colby knows that they're saying that, but he continues to do it anyway. But it's worked for him. I felt a lot of that facade fade right after the fight, not because the two fighters went and like had the very awkward embrace to where the ref was like, "Okay, go back to your corners. You can make out later." Why did he? Yeah, uh, what? <laughs> they like lingered for a second. They like, weren't like mad at talking. each other. They like were two like inches from each other. Like usually, you see it where they go like ear to ear, like yeah. they, they hug and they're like kind of saying something ear to ear, but they were like staying the nose to nose, like just kind of being like. I hope you have a good day. No, I hope you have a great day. <laughs> yeah. Like they were doing that whole yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, good fight. Good card. Rose Usman nom- gets his fucking monster. Sorry to interrupt, but he gets his monster can. He's like, oh, it's an empty can. Yeah. Like that. And it was one of those where I'm like, okay, now I feel like I'm being sold to right now. You just were holding his can, like label out. He looked down at it and it's like a, he's like holding with the bottom of his fingers, like just sitting there holding it towards the camera. I'm like, okay, this is awkward. <laughs> uh, we had thug Rose, Nama Hunis defending her straw white title over Wiley Zhang. Uh, great fight. Some people are, con- don't like the decision. I thought Rose won. Thought she did enough, but the best fight of the night, Justin Gagey, Michael Chandler was an absolute banger. If you can go watch that on ESPN plus, or I don't know where, if they'll put it up somewhere, go watch it. Michael Ch- Randy's over here groaning. Uh, <laughs> dude, it was awesome. These are two guys who like were clearly looking to, for the knockout. And and Michael Chandler, I don't know how he withstood the damage he did. He kept coming forward. It's insane. Uh, that dude won a lot of fans and probably made himself a lot of money going down the road. Uh, and then one fun note, uh, Darren Williams, former Mavericks great, former Nets great. Uh, call it, not Colleyville? The Colony Zone. The Colony. The Colony Zone. Uh, might be, um, yeah. <laughs> Not as bad as some white settlement. White settlement. Uh, <laughs> uh, might be fighting Frank Gore, a man who's not in the NFL anymore, as of like a year ago. Yeah, the like the king of longevity uh, on a Paul Fury, the uh, Logan Paul. Uh, what's the hot Fury? Tyson. No, not nope, Ty- nope. the younger brother or half brother. Tommy. Tommy lad. Tommy Fury. Will. Yeah, <laughs> man. So the Chiefs have a running back named Gore. I don't know his first name, but it's not Frank. No but, way. Wait, isn't it like his? Well, Gore's son played. It's not his son. In college, his son played in college, and he was trying to hang on to become the first father son to play oh, really? in the NFL together. But I don't know if but his son made it in the NFL. It was interesting though. watching. I watched the the Manning cast last week, I guess, and they had Michael Strahan on, and they were calling the, the Chiefs game, and Strahan had the exact same thought I had. He goes, "Wait, is that? That's not Frank Gore, is it?" Out no, there, he's still not, at not, Southern. Not. He's still at Southern Miss. Um. Yeah, and and people were like, "Wait, Darren Williams, what?" And like, he does. He owns part of the Fortis MMA in Dallas. He is uh, a guy who trains okay. MMA, has for a while. I don't. He's never. I don't think he's ever taken a fight. But this is not that crazy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what a guy see what like an athlete who trains MMA for eight years goes gets into the ring. Granted, it's with another athlete who probably doesn't train MMA as much. But that'll be fun, and I will, I will watch that on a bootleg stream. How about that? Okay. I won't. 
Anything else to party on? We could just run it back and get out of here. Ready for a quick little run it back? Yeah, Let's run it back it. for us. Let's run it back. The segment during which we talk about what we already talked about. I have added Russell Wilson to the cringe Hall of Fame. Mm. Dylan was the chaff. Dylan was not on, uh, not a Puskatarian, <laughs> not on a Puskatarian diet. That looks revolting when I'm reading it out. Contrary to what Dave said, KJ crushed Cedar Hill State title run in 2005. Sure did. Dave is a big Nick Lachey fan and celebrates 98 Degrees' entire catalog. I didn't say that, but it's accurate. The Falcons play in the Butthole Stadium, a.k.a. the Rectum. The Thank Rectum. You, I agree. We'll see you Thursday night for our uh, Pick'em. Thursday night. Presented by DraftKings. And I can confidently tease that uh, maybe our guests will uh, have some positive opinions about the most recent Cowboys game. I just hope our guest continues picking the way they did last week. Shout out to Landry on the engagement and more importantly on going two and seven on dip picks. We really you, need Landry. it. <laughs> Shout out to his family. <laughs> See you Thursday. I Bye. want my chips with the dip. That's all I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. So bring them dips.